0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Week 7 review time. Let's go. Welcome to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, you, you ready for this, Michael? The only podcast <laughs> where... With two twins and three brothers, in fact, that all got swept by Alexander the Great.
1: Yeah, a patron of ours in our uh, Dynasty League has completed the sweep, and this is like me and Tim are in first and third place out of sixteen teams coming yeah, five into this one. week. Yeah, he's my only—he's my only loss, and now he just handed me uh, my third loss. Now I'm going to be four and three, so I'm going to drop in the standings. But yeah, he beat—he uh, beat all three of us. So shout out to him.
0: Yeah, and he's and he said you should change the the intro next time to all three of you got swept by me. So that's what we did. Patreon.com slash Fantasy because we're cool with our with our patrons like that. And when they ask us to do things, we do it sometimes.
1: Yeah, but just let's let it be known <laughs> he's not gonna win the Dynasty League. So we'll see. Well I well
0: I, I'm in the Dynasty League, so you know, probably not. True. I'm also I'm in, in, in the
1: Dynasty in league, league, so probably, probably not.
0: Me yeah. and Izzy have been running that running that dynasty league. Izzy Although,
1: Izzy's getting by with cheap wins, man. His points are low. His points against are low. It'll come back to bite him.
0: <laughs> so if you're wondering what we're talking about, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy is where you can support the show and join in our Patreon leagues and join our Patreon Discord where um, shit talk about fantasy is going down 24-7. Also visit BrotoFantasy.com for all Broto Fantasy endeavors, including rankings, articles, um, true throw values, true target values, and much, much, much more. Um, You ready to review this week, Michael? Because there's some big news in the world of fantasy football this week. Yeah, but
1: just want to say real quick regarding the articles and things of that sort. We release articles. There's an article coming out later today. Buy low, sell high. We release sleepers and busts. In the sleepers and busts article, I said this week uh, to be cautious of all Cowboys receivers because Washington is actually a lot worse for quarterbacks than you think. I had Gallup and Lamb ranked literally twenty spots lower than consensus. I had them both outside the top forty-five, and they both put up donuts. Well, Lamb put up point .1, So keep an eye out on these things. They help.
0: Um. Yeah. I also said don't play Chase Chase Claypool, you even did. though I, even though I played him in, in Dynasty because I had no one else to do it. Well, <laughs> a no deep, else to play. It's a deep
1: Dynasty league.
0: It's a deep It's a very deep Dynasty league. All right. News. Let's start it off. Antonio Brown to the Bucks. Michael. What do we make of this? Um, I mean, I have my thoughts on it, but I'm going to let you give your thoughts on it first. Well, first, Tim, don't forget
1: about good old Donnie H. He makes our Mondays better. Oh, shit.
0: Shit, I forgot. Oh, shit.
1: He makes our Mondays significantly better. Shit, man. Let's pass it over to Donnie Donnie
0: H. What's wrong with me? Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining
1: us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. There he goes, Donnie
0: H. Thank you very much, Mr. Donnie H. Sorry, Don H. Please accept my apology with this bouquet of flowers for your wife and a token of my appreciation in the form of a gold pinky ring. Don H. (laughs) Right. Anyway, (laughs) Antonio Brown, go ahead. Antonio Brown, man, look, I
1: understand the hype. It's Antonio Brown. Last time he played, he played one game and caught 80 yards and a touchdown. But we're talking about a guy joining a team – week 9 he'll be able to play his first game he hasn't even joined the team maybe. yet maybe maybe he hasn't even joined the G- joined the team yet cuz of covid protocols they're yet to have their buy so that's a game that you can't play him mike evans is in that offense and isn't doing anything with chris godwin around like i don't know man it's really hard for me to think this guy is worth the amount of fab that people are dropping on him and people going nuts as if he's going to be a top 24 receiver immediately when he steps on the field as if he's not 32. No offense, completely nuts. And hasn't been able to play more than like five games or one game in years at this point. I don't know. It's just, it's odd to me the amount of hype around AB right now. He's not someone I'm
0: like, I need to get him right now. He's going to be a beast. Like you said, Michael, I think that, look, I think Antonio Brown's going to have a giant impact on fantasy leagues for the rest of the season, giant impact. But I don't think that impact will come on the field necessarily. I think the impact will come from the guy who drops his ridiculous amount of fab on Antonio Brown that loses out on that fab and has a player that is going to be average at best, maybe pop off. Uh, late in the year. He has a really, really easy 14, 15, 16 in terms of schedule. So I maybe just maybe, but I wanted to share the, to, with the listeners something, Michael, because we play in a, in a home league and our home league is not like other home leagues. We have, it's highly competitive. I mean, it is like on the homes. I don't, I don't want to talk crap about home leagues. Home leagues are the best way to play. Um, but this is a league that has been together since 2006. All of us take this very seriously. Actually, since two thousand three, but the the personnel had a up had a facelift after two thousand six. But um, what 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 happened was Michael picked up Antonio Brown as soon as the news came out that he might be signed by somebody. And yeah. then Michael got an Michael got some kind of injury where he needed to drop Antonio Brown because he wasn't signed uh, yet. Yeah, I'm
1: very RB needy, so I dropped him for uh, Jermichael Hasty.
0: Right, so he needed that. In, in, in that situation and michael your team is rb needy i was looking at it today well you, i lost you,
1: sanders and drake these last two weeks man Jeez, you got you got
0: lucky this week you started geo bernard and boston oh, scott
1: God, that's right, that's right. Lucky. Uh,
0: michael is weaseling his way that he didn't start well in this league he's weaseling his way four back and into three the in the playoffs yeah. maybe <laughs> michael, michael has crafty <laughs> left his way into four and three that's what i but, do but so because he did that we have uh, a situation where we have seen waivers run on Antonio Brown in a pretty sharp league. Uh, to give you an idea of how sharp the league is, it's rated a gold league um, by Yahoo, if you know what that means. Uh, so Because we, we have three people who are platinum or above. We have one person, two people who are bronze. So those two bronze kind of weigh down the whole thing. But uh, it, it's a good league. Anyway, um, Antonio Brown went with a winning offer for 69 69- fab dollars of 120 uh, of 150 so it's it's paying a half like they say so like that's more close to like 45 50 dollars, right michael something like that well if you're gonna go two thirds,
1: basically 70 of 150 is roughly like 40 ish percent so like 40 bucks
0: there you go so it's like 40 bucks the the other offer on that that was closer was 21 my brother johnny text me and says, I bid $75 on him. I don't know how it didn't go through. Maybe he did or maybe he didn't. So that's what you guys are going to have to contend with. You're going to have to contend with people who are willing to drop 40, 50 fab. If you're in a fab system, definitely he'll be the number one waiver pick. If if you're in a, like a super non-sharp league where you have just like kind of casual fans, he will definitely be the number one pick um, in your waivers this week. So I think that For me, I'm okay if Antonio Brown blows up and I don't have him on my team. I'm going to let him – I don't want to take the chance. Who I like this for is Tom Brady, and I'll talk about that later. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to be
1: surprised if Antonio Brown has some big games, but I don't know. I just don't see this guy being a trustworthy weekly starter at this point.
0: (laughs) This is where I want to remind you as well that uh, on Brodo – on the Brodo Patreon that we're talking about, you we get the waiver wire uh, pod. So we will be talking about Antonio Brown on that waiver wire pod. So BrodoFantasy.com, any any, I'm sorry, BrodoFantasy.com or Patreon.com/slash BrodoFantasy. You could find it in both places. Cause there you can be in any tier at all, and you can get an extra episode for the waivers that run on Tuesdays. And listen, I, we don't really like to give ourselves pats on the backs and take victory laps a lot on this show, but um. When it comes to waivers, we know what the hell we're doing. And you're going to want to listen to that show because it's helped a lot of people so far. I'm just saying, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. Um, OBJ, torn ACL, he is out for the season. Baker Mayfield, I'm going to talk about him a little later as well. Looked really good without OBJ on the field, but this sucks for OBJ. He's a young guy in his prime. A torn ACL is something that we've seen people come back from just fine, but we've also seen um, them come back from it not so well. Uh, what are your What's your reaction to the OBJ injury? Yeah,
1: this sucks for OBJ. I mean, the dude, I don't know. He clearly hasn't been the same guy since his elite New York days as a young one, which is unfortunate. He's been dealing with injuries and then bad quarterbacks and things of that sort. This sucks. Tearing his ACL. He's obviously out the rest of the season. What are you going to do? I mean, we we are fading OBJ all season. And obviously, you can't take um, victory laps over injuries. But, I mean we've also been saying sell him as fast as you can the entire season so hopefully many of you listening aren't really super hurt by these by this news but I'll tell you this Hollywood Higgins is going to be a name we discuss tomorrow as well
0: um I'm gonna I'm gonna do something that we don't usually do here breaking breaking news right into the phone straight from the sleeper desk uh, Matt rule says Mike Davis will play when Matt when uh McCaffrey returns
1: I wouldn't be shocked if this is more like a 70-30, 65-35 30, split when McCaffrey returns just to ease him in. Like they're clearly letting him get healthy. I doubt they're just going to put him in and play 100% of snaps again.
0: Very very interesting. This is very 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 interesting this is. Um Chris Carson uh considered week to week, we saw him leave in the middle of the game yesterday. Chris Carson seems to be dealing with something every other week. Uh, he's such a bruiser and he's such a battler that he does get these injuries a lot. Um, Carlos Hyde, we're going to be talking about him on tomorrow's show. Obviously, how do you feel about Chris Carson's injury here? Yeah. There's a lot of injuries. Um, this season. It was a bad week for injuries, man.
1: Luckily, Carson isn't super hurt, as they say. He shouldn't be out too long. Um, he was even on the sideline, and they said like he could even – play if they needed him emergency wise so they're trying to be safe with him they are five and one now um that up and down game yesterday really screwed me and jay over lost out on 350 bucks because of that damn seattle couldn't close out the damn game damn you seahawks but anyways, that was
0: such a great game bro like I-, I loved every second of that game i was having so much fun watching it-, it. it was a it was a very nice game to
1: watch from a football fan standpoint but yeah, yeah. uh carlos hyde yeah in his stead is likely going to, he got a ton of work yesterday when Carson got out. I think a little too much work. I was a little confused as to why they were giving the ball to Carlos Hyde so much, but Seattle Seahawk running back is a position you want on your fantasy team. So hold out for Carson and Hyde is going to be an interesting ad over the next couple of weeks.
0: Uh, another guy that's going to be interesting to see what's going on with him is Kenyon Drake. We saw Kenyon Drake get carted off the field. Uh, dealing with a slight t- torn ligament in his ankle, also known as a sprain in his ankle, but there's different types of sprains and this is not a high ankle sprain. So that's good news. The bad news is that this is an ankle sprain. Whoever has sprained your ankle before knows that that thing becomes a bloated purple mess and it sucks to walk on for a couple weeks, but the way you fix it is you just work through it and you have to just be on it and you have to physical therapy it, and you just got to grit through it and grind your teeth and get it done. Um, it's a slight tear, so he might be back soon, but this is also a tear that you don't know what's going to be going on. And the rumor has it that it's a few weeks, man, Chase Edmonds, if he's available in your league, you're probably dropping every single dollar fab you have on him. Uh, how do you see this Arizona back backfield playing out, Michael?
1: Yeah. Likely to go on IR for Drake. So Edmonds is going into buy. So maybe you could get him for a little less. I'm on. look on the other end. I'm trying to shop Chase Edmonds, dude. I understand the appeal. Like Chase Edmonds, if he goes off upon the return from bye in Arizona and is the star starter for the rest of the season, he could be a league winner. I understand that appeal. So sell him to someone who has 100% bought into that. Because we've seen, how many times have we seen in our lives a very good pass-catching spellback who everyone says needs to get more work become the workhorse? And it's just not the same. It's not the same running on third and eight and getting your seven yards or catching a screen pass compared to running on first and 10 when there's men in the box behind the bad offensive line. Like, I know a lot of people are saying Chase Edmonds is so much better than Kenyon Drake. I'm, I just believe Kenyon Drake, I think he's actually a decent running back who just hasn't really had success because that offensive line sucks. So I'm not 100% sold that Chase Edmonds is just going to be this star now because he's going to get the early down work. And you, if depending on the return, I haven't seen any trades of Chase Edmonds go down, if you want to let us know on Twitter. Um, I'd absolutely be willing to sell him. If like if if someone's scared about Le'Veon Bell and you get like CH or something like that, do it in a heartbeat.
0: Um I disagree with you, Michael. I think that you yeah, see be- I would sell him to you. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy him for anyone long term, but I will say this. Uh I think that he's going to have ultimate appeal because he's he's not just a pass catching back. We've seen him have success in the running game before. We saw him as have success in the running game yesterday. I'll tell you this. So it's, huh?
1: I'll tell you this, though. I got Chase and- Edmonds in SFBX. My SFBX team is going to win it all, folks. I'm telling you right now.
0: Why'd you do that? Knock on wood.
1: No, it's going to happen. I'm that confident in the team.
0: Oh, here, here it comes, here it comes. That's right. Last time, Michael said something like that. He had the best team in the history of fantasy football two years ago in our home league, and then, blah, blah, blah. um, <laughs> bringing back bad memories. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get. You can't be cocky. You got to learn. You got to learn your lesson. You got to, got to learn. You just got to learn. Um, uh, it's, speaking of Christian McCaffrey, at practice today in a red non-contact jersey, he's getting back on the feet. They said he's unlikely to play though,
1: unless he's like feeling really good. So we'll see. If I roster McCaffrey and Mike Davis, I kind of wanted to just be keep McCaffrey out one more week. If I roster McCaffrey only, even then I'd be a little scared, just because you don't know how much he's gonna play upon his return. Obviously, you're starting him. He's Christian McCaffrey, but we'll see. Because
0: uh, I don't know. It's not. It sucks for him that they're playing on a Thursday this week. Uh, Jonah Williams, the Bengals' left tackle who was the savior that they announced and has been pretty damn good, I'm not going to lie, might miss the game because of a neck injury against the Titans. If he does miss that game, Joe Burrow is going to be one of my favorite fades this week. I think the Titans are going to put some pressure on him and and, uh, force him into some turnovers after the big week by Burrow.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you there. Jonah Williams got hurt pretty early in that Cleveland game, and Cleveland has a decent defensive line especially a very, a very good defensive line exactly yeah but they were getting the ball out of his hands quick they were utilizing the running back in the passing game Burrow started using his legs more he looked like a stud and a half in that game that pinpoint touchdown throw to Tyler Boyd and he looked very good and Tennessee's pass defense has been my the second half last week against Pittsburgh they played very well intercepted Ben Roethlisberger three times actually but they've had a pretty Swiss cheese pass defense this season so I'm kind of in on Joe Burrow going into this week as well, in a game where the
0: Titans are likely to score a lot, which means Burrow's going to have to throw a lot. Vic Fangio says, Philip Lindsay has entered the league's concussion protocol. Philip Lindsay looked like the absolutely superior back in every single fashion until he left with a concussion. uh, Last week, Uh, I mean, dude, if they're both in the backfield at the same time... I think I prefer Philip Lindsay as a running back, not not for fantasy, but just as a running back. He just looks a lot better than Melvin Gordon.
1: It was very interesting to see that Lindsay got the first couple carries as well in that game against KC and I mean, the whole offseason we were confused as to why they went and paid Melgo when Lindsay has been so dynamic for them. They just wanted to add more weapons, but I don't know. It just seems like Melgo is just going to continue being the guy there because I mean, Lindsay just got hurt again. It sucks that Lindsey just can't stay healthy because we liked him as like a ninth, 10th round pick as well. But if you can't stay healthy, you're just never going to be able to help fantasy teams. And that's the way it's been going with Philip Lindsey.
0: Trade rumors floating around Evan Ingram. Um, I think that could be something that's pretty interesting. Uh, let's. I'm just going to keep going with a couple of things, Michael. You don't need to, to comment on everything. Just stop me if you want to comment on something. I do want to say uh, about
1: Evan Ingram, though. <laughs> Houston,
0: Houston. Michael just, Michael just. Behind the scenes, Michael just texted me, "Yo, we should hurry up." And then no, I'm I like, "Okay, we should, go through it." I said, "We should yeah, move yeah, on yeah, from yeah. the news." All right. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Anyways, you and you're making me not go ahead.
1: Evan Ingram is interesting. The Texans, go. the Texans said they're interested in Ingram. If Fells and Aikens can be great tight end options, man, I can only imagine what Evan Ingram could do in that offense.
0: All right. Now I'm going to go through with some news. Uh, Nick Chubb might be back after the team's week nine bye, so keep a look out on that. I'm going to talk about Cam Newton a little later, but I'll just mention Bill Belichick said Cam Newton is absolutely the team starter. That's not a surprise uh, for sure. Jalen Rager also activated from injured reserve. Keep an eye on him. He's an explosive young rookie in a offense that is dying for wide receivers. Um, And I don't know what the hell's going on with Jared McKinnon. They said they planned on resting him, but it seems like he's been resting for the last three games. So, uh, all right, Michael, we can move on from the news now. All right. Uh, listen, things we saw coming is the next category. And because we see these things coming, we might raise some championships this year. Partybelts.com is the best place to get a championship belt. It is the most affordable, dopest looking, completely customizable belt on the market. And it is cheap, too cheap. Honestly, Um, it has beer holders so you could serve your friends while serving your friends, if you know what I'm saying. And it's one of those things where you want to keep it right. This is the covid season. I want a customized belt that lets everyone know that I was the champion of the covid season. I took the most crazy season in history and I turned it into a championship. I don't want to rotate that belt around the league. I don't want to pay for a belt that rotates around the league. That is crazy expensive and I got to get a little uh little name tag for every year and I gotta, no get a new belt, keep the belt, always have the belt. When you're an old man and you clean out your closet and you look back and like, "Oh, I remember when I won that 2020 championship belt. It was the best year of my life." Oh my god. That's what you want to do. And with the promo code BROTO, BROTO, you get 15% off of your purchase. All right, Michael. Let's talk about who we saw coming.
1: Who we saw coming. Let's do it, Tim. I
0: saw that coming from a mile away.
1: <laughs> who did you see coming from a mile away? Ephemios. Eftemios? Damn, you just dropped, me. You just dropped the Eftemios on that's me. Sorry, right. I called Jason Yasana in one of our podcasts, too. I got to get the Greek out so people could speak Greek since I can't understand
0: it. Yeah, that's, that's my Greek name, guys. Eftemios. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, my saw that coming was Deontay Johnson. Now, I wasn't on the pod on Wednesday, so I have to search back. And when Chase Claypool first got on the the market, I was like, hey, buyer beware, because, yeah, he looks great now, but he's in Deontay Johnson's role. And, yeah, he played great again when Deontay Johnson missed the game. But, hey, you need to be aware that this could go away uh, pretty soon. And it went away pretty soon. In fact, it went away as soon as Deontay Johnson stepped on the field um Deontay Johnson 15 targets non-receptions eight yards two receiving touchdowns also got a bomb from Ben Roethlisberger at the end of the of the first half that was on target but a really good defensive play picked off um if that landed in his hands you're talking about a Tyler Lockett type game in his return now he did limp off the field said he hurt his ankle a little bit they say he's going to be fine and he should be fine for the game he seems like he can't stay healthy but uh, yeah, Deontay Johnson, a lot of people, uh, if you had the opportunity to DM me, because if you guys didn't know, I was in the top 10 of the fantasy pros rankers last week. So I got the special tweet, right? So they, I was mentioning the tweet. So I, I got a bunch of people following me off that and asking me questions. So I, I got to tell a lot of people a couple things. Number one, I think Deontay Johnson is going to play well. And I think, uh, sit chase Claypool, which I also put in the, in the article, and uh, number two, where, where I'm going to get to. But I think it's important to remember that when you're looking at this offense, this is an offense that hasn't changed much. And Deontay Johnson is in that Antonio Brown role. And I would say Chase Claypool is more of the Martavis Bryant of the duo. So if you go back in history and you remember that duo, it was Claypool with the big games, but also the big bust games. But it was always Antonio Brown who was consistent, consistent, consistent. And I think that's what we're looking at with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Great game out of Deontay. Uh, good to see him come back like that
1: yeah he just continues to be a target machine in that offense and big ben's favorite guy to throw to so yeah deontay johnson if you were able to buy him cheap when he uh when he was hurt and out and chase claypool exploded you're probably very happy about that but uh my first we saw that coming sticking with the wide receivers here Tyler Boyd against Cleveland. I loved him this week. I like Joe Burrow this week as a streamer. I like T. Higgins this week. I like Gio Bernard. I was all aboard the Bengals' offense and they put up 34 points. And Joe Burrow threw for over 400 yards. And Tyler Boyd was a big recipient of that. 11 receptions, 101 yards, a touchdown. Even threw in 16 passing yards. Shout out to Boyd getting that, uh, an extra like half point in your fantasy league for that. But yeah, he looked great and he continues to be super trustworthy. He's like. He's kind of like Robert Woods with a higher ceiling. Like he's been a, a a very good option this season. I'm a big fan of Tyler Boyd. He's someone I was going after in trades. Dallas and Houston, Dallas pit Houston in the playoffs is is something that entices me, which is why I'm interested in Tyler Boyd right now. But yeah, he played great. I expect him to play great. I told a lot of people to
0: play him as well, so I was glad to see him have a big game. My next saw that coming was the Washington defense. This is another guy. This is another defense that I had the pleasure of telling the the patrons all about. I hope they all played this defense. I dropped some good defenses to get this defense in leagues where I knew I needed a home run type defense. Um, This is a good D. I've said the word defense like six hundred times, but this is a good D in Washington. And Tim knows um, about the good D. (laughs) And when (laughs) and when they uh. I you, I lost my train of thought. And, and when you and when you're down, you're start your your best offensive lineman, and then you're down your best quarterback. Obviously, if your second shin sh- quarterback is in, um, get ready because the defense is about to come and come they did. Uh, too many innuendos yeah, in this yeah, segment. Jesus, uh, it's, it's too many. Uh, they really penetrated deep um, and made them cry. Uh, th- that's all. That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> Tim just went uh, balls to the wall on that one. I mean, it was a little unfair, too, because I, I don't want to, like, gloat all the way because they were facing some Italian dude from uh, who knows where that was drafted in the seventh round. Like, Danucci. I don't even remember. Canucci. yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs, <laughs> he needs, to, he needs to eat some, uh, some noci. That yeah, canucci. we're
1: also not liars here on our podcast. We're not going to act like we scouted fucking Ben DiNucci coming out of college, all right?
0: No we're idea. not going to lie eat. to you. <laughs> I don't even know what he looks like, honestly. I just know what he looks like through a helmet.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. My next saw uh, we we saw that coming. I just want to say I already touched on the Cowboys receivers who I faded. Cooper ended up having a decent game, but overall it was rough. And I wanted to shout out Jason here, who's not on the review pod, who said to completely fade Mike Williams. And Mike Williams went one catch, four yards in a game where LAC put up thirty nine points. We discuss over and over how Justin Herbert seems to have tunnel vision when it comes to his pass attempts. It goes to Keenan Allen, tight end, running back, period. And I thought maybe Mike Williams separates himself a little bit after that huge game once Allen went down. Last time they played, but Allen came back healthy. He got all the targets along with Henry, Parham, Virgil Green, Jackson, Kelly, and Mike Williams was rendered irrelevant. And it was –
0: Jason called that. and So shout-out to Jason. Shout-out to Jason. Um. One there, you know, we're not only guys who who like to pat ourselves on the back and tell you what we did call. Uh, well, you know, also say what we didn't call and what we didn't see coming at all. What are some surprising things that happened this weekend? Surprise, motherfucker. Oh, man, that's one of the best drops ever. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with the first one because this is a little uh, another shout out to Jason. Jeff Wilson who ended up spraining, uh, getting a high ankle sprain. That 49ers backfield is a complete mess. Uh, check out tomorrow for what we see uh, coming, but you know, who knows what, what we see coming. Look, Jeff Wilson is someone that I I ranked a little higher than consensus because, I, I mean, I didn't see three three touchdowns coming. But I was just like, why did everyone forget about Jeff Wilson? Like, why is everyone talking about Michael Hasty? Why is everyone talking about Jarek McKinnon and just forgetting that Jeff Wilson is – here and Jeff Wilson does this and he gets touchdowns and that's just what he does. And another three touchdowns for Jeff Wilson. Uh, like I said, unfortunately his season looks like uh, it might be not over, but definitely a dent in his season. Uh, so now there's two running backs on, on, on the IR. They said they were getting Jarek McKinnon, some rest. Uh, I, I don't know how true that is going forward to Michael hasty. He seems more like a, a explosion type uh, gadget type player at this point in his career uh is it's you know you want the 49ers running back but you don't always always know which one and uh I think that with a little more foresight and a little less uh, what have you done for me lately we could have seen Jeff Wilson coming but unfortunately we did not
1: yeah uh we talked about on the Wednesday pod actually me and Jay that if Jeffrey Wilson plays then you probably shouldn't start Jermichael Hasty because you don't know how that's going to play out but we definitely did not see that coming from Jeff Wilson, where he just is the main guy in that backfield. The first surprise for me, man, Nelson Aguilar. This dude balled out again. Five receptions, 107 yards, a touchdown, nine targets. He's caught a touchdown in three straight games now, double digit points in three straight games. And look, he's been super efficient catching balls from Derek Carr. Derek Carr's true throw value is top 10 this year as well. But it was just kind of like, you know, he's just catching touchdowns. He's not seeing the targets. How are you going to trust him? And then he goes against Tampa Bay, who's been shutting down opposing wide receivers, goes five for 107 and a touchdown on nine targets, and could have had a bigger day, but just missed with Derek Carr by inches on a couple balls. Man, if (laughs) Nelson Aguilar just becomes like their deep threat, this year's Tyrell Williams for them, he's going to garner some interest going forward. And he gets Cleveland this upcoming week. I'm still a little scared to say start Nelson Aguilar, but uh, we just saw what Cleveland, uh, excuse me, what Cincinnati was able to do to that Cleveland secondary. So maybe Nelson Aguilar even starting this week has some appeal, but yeah, it's just, it's fun to make fun of Aguilar for all he's done in the past in the fantasy world, but he's kind of balling out right now.
0: Um, My second did not see that coming Man, I, I just, Scotty Miller, man, what the fuck, dude? He's only good in games where nobody wants him to be good. Scotty, we need to talk, all right? Because, look, this is not going to work for me. You're going to need to play well in games where you're not supposed to play well. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, play well in games where you're supposed to play well? Uh, Because it's really bothering me now. It's, uh, it's to the point where, you know, Mike Evans got nothing. Mike Evans did nothing. Chris Godwin got a touchdown, but that kind of salvaged the day. And here we go. Scotty Miller got twenty points. What are you doing, Scotty? Just what? Well, Chris Godwin me. actually
1: had his first actual good game of the season. He was he had a big role in that win. It just Scotty Miller kind of overshadowed him. Scotty was just better. Nine for eighty-eight and a touchdown for Godwin is nothing too. Yeah, uh, I mean
0: that's a, you're right. You're right. He, you know he didn't get saved by the touchdown. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just salty. i feel salty. Yeah, Scotty Miller
1: pisses me off more than anyone. <laughs> Fuck scotty miller
0: more than anyone yeah
1: more than anyone at this point yeah
0: but you you have a pretty good life then i know say. right if scotty miller if scotty miller pisses you off more than anyone like, damn michael i i, I hope that to reach that
1: level of zen one day i'm not complaining about my life <laughs> anyways my second surprise this just comes from the heart being a jets fan seeing something that i actually agree with and it's uh it's the michael Piron. Ooh, getting 70% of the snaps to Frank Gore's 28%. Adam Gase did something that I agree with for the first time in ages. 11 rush attempts, 39 rushing yards. He had that touchdown where he put the hand over the goal line in the corner. It ended up being a nice little run for five yards. Three targets, two receptions, 16 yards. In a game where the Jets offense, again, did not do well. Well, Michael Pirine was a little flash of hope there, and... If he's going to be James Robinson-esque going forward where, look, James Robinson has been a stud, so I'm not saying Pirine's the next James Robinson, but like where he's getting 70% of snaps on a bad team, he's going to garner flex appeal because he's better than Frank Gore, period, and he's going to get a lot of work, and Sam Darnold is better than Joe Flacco. Denzel Mims immediately made that offense better in the first half. I'm going to get into Denzel Mims a little later on as well, but yeah, Michael P. Ryan. His usage surprised me, and his, it was good to see.
0: All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let Michael Piran. That's It's an interesting name because yeah. he's uh,
1: someone we look. said to go add once they traded Bell just for free to see how it goes, and looks like he's getting a shot pretty early.
0: Samaji also got some some handoffs yesterday. So yeah, had two rush attempts. The Piran family getting handoffs yesterday. Um, <laughs> uh, is that it for surprise? Surprise. That it is. All right. Surprise, surprise. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, 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 stocks rise. This is my, uh, this is my, uh, what's his name? The Christopher Walken impression. Hey, yeah, this is my Christopher Walken. Tim is uh, the worst. <laughs> All right. Not I'm a gonna, good. I'm right, going to play ahead, the son. damn drop now. Yeah, play it, play play it now. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the
1: last six months. Now, right now, John. The stock trades over the counter at $0.10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are
0: looking at a grand slam home run.
1: Whose stocks are up for
0: you? <laughs> no, that was hard. That, that was, was hard. terrible. Yeah. That was this, tough this, to that, do that. This long All right. So my stock. Rising is the first of my trio of quarterbacks. I got a trio of quarterbacks in this one. A trio of and quarterbacks that, and stock rising? Jeez Louise. Trio of quarterbacks and stock rising because, hey, if you did not pick Kyler Murray in the sixth round like I did in multiple leagues, and now I'm balling, and now I'm balling, you are probably a little quarterback needy if you didn't take one of these good quarterbacks because the quarterback landscape is kind of on his head. Um, definitely far from what the consensus fantasy football world was expecting out a quarterback play. One of the guys that might have been drafted but might have been dropped recently uh, is someone whose stock has no business being on the rise. He should be retired, according to most people. But he has been absolutely killing it, and now he's about to add Antonio Brown, and that is the GOAT, Tom Brady uh 369 yards and four touchdowns in his last game coming off a game with two touchdowns only 166 yards because that's what the game dictated they were blowing out green bay pretty much from the very beginning but outside of his game against chicago uh which you know it's chicago and then outside of his game against green bay where they were leading by so much three touchdowns 297 yards 369 yards and five touchdowns uh 369 yards, and four touchdowns. He's putting up giant games, and he's about to enter a, a situation where he's going to have Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller, a good running game. Think about this. The the Buccaneers right now, I would say, are the favorites in the NFC to make it to the Super Bowl, and here's why. I think Tom Brady, Brady is their weak link. They have a phenomenal offensive line, which they fortified completely. They have a great defense who you cannot run on them for nothing. They have a good running game with two really good running backs. They have great weapons on the outside. A 43-year-old quarterback is the weak spot, and he is playing like an MVP candidate right now. So if you were lucky enough to stream Tom Brady and you have him on your team, I think going forward, Tom Brady, especially with with Antonio Brown, is approaching possible set-it-and-forget-it QB1 status. I mean, the thing
1: with Tom Brady is he needs to throw a lot of passing touchdowns to have, like, big games because he doesn't use his legs. And he's done that several times this year, but the times he didn't, he put up 10, 14, 14 and a half. So that's that's the issue with Brady. Very feast or famine when it comes to the fantasy. I mean, the times he didn't, he didn't, what, throw for a touchdown? The times where he didn't, yeah, have big touchdown games.
0: Sure, yeah, but I mean, That's, two of them, like I said, Chicago in a blowout, and also you have to remember with Tom Brady, like he's not gonna get you fantasy rushing yards, but he could sneak in and get you the six point touchdown every now and again. He did last week. There you go. he's got he's
1: got two rushing touchdowns he was on the responsible season, responsible for five touchdowns last week, which is why he went in like yeah. that. Uh, my first stock rising <clears throat> is a guy who came back from injury on Thursday night. Don't forget up the Thursday night game, folks, and he immediately made that team's offense much better. Uh, Daniel Jones ended up throwing two touchdowns. First time he threw touchdowns since week one when Sterling Shepard was active. You guessed it. I'm talking about Sterling Shepard. He saw eight targets, six receptions, 59 yards. Look, it has been rough for that Giants offense. There's no denying it. But Devontae Freeman got hurt, and he's looked bad. Wayne Gallman played decent, but we know who Wayne Gallman is at this point. Sterling Shepard immediately made that passing game better, and every single time... He's been healthy on that team over the last two years. He's been the wide receiver one on that team. So he's someone I was able to pick up for free in multiple places over the last couple of weeks. Only 29% rostered on Yahoo. Someone to add because he's going to have wide receiver three appeal moving forward as the number one option
0: in that offense. Um, Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, uh, Moving on to my second dude at the quarterback position. It's Justin Herbert. Rookie quarterback who is a slanger. Um, I will I so the first time that he played, it was that surprise game where no one thought he was playing up until everyone's like, hey, uh, Justin Herbert's taking the first snap. That's weird. It must be a trick play. Then all of a sudden he played the whole game uh, against Kansas City and played well against Kansas City out of nowhere. Um, ever since that game where I was watching him play, me and Jason were watching it in 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 my parents' backyard. I knew that oh, we could be looking at something special here. Maybe not like special in terms of cornerstone franchise quarterback, uh, the best in the world, but something special in terms of this guy's going to slang it with no fear. He's can, he's at best could be great at worst. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick and his last three games have been absolutely spectacular in his last three games. He has 10 touchdowns to one interception. He has run a touchdown in, he has rushed on, uh, real quick, do the math. nine, Plus five, plus four is 18. eighteen. He's rushed eighteen times over those three games. Dude, Justin Herbert is someone who I'm also gonna take a look at and say, and he did this against Tampa Bay and New Orleans, who New Orleans been getting torched on the in the air a little bit, but Tampa Bay is a good defense. Jacksonville is not. So two out of three, not so good defenses. But he did it against a good defense too. And I, I just Justin Herbert's someone who, if he's gonna keep losing his legs like this, might might end up being a top uh. Uh, producer, top producer this year the in fans. This
1: dude looks like an absolute stud. Holy moly oh hits Jalen Guyton for a long touchdown seemingly every week. Uses his tight ends. Michael Salfino, who we are big fans of here on Brodo, on in the on the athletic, said that Justin Herbert's the best this he's the best rookie quarterback ever and is comparing him to Dan Marino. Like that's how good his numbers have been uh to start his young career. And I mean the dude's just balling out. and It doesn't even matter if people get hurt either. Like he lost Eckler, Keenan Allen got hurt in a game. Mike Williams was out for a bit. It doesn't even matter. Hunter Henry missed some of it, and missed, missed some of the game, and he threw a touchdown to Virgil Green, and then Green got hurt. Still didn't matter. Justin Herbert's been balling out. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, if he's
0: available and you need quarterback help, he's definitely someone to get. He's um, on pace to break every rookie record in terms of, um, in terms of like, good records. Stats. Yeah, like in terms of Gaudy stats in terms of the passing game. So is Joe Burrow, they're both on pace to break the all-time passing record for rookies, which is showing you shows you like where our game has gone to. Miami really hope
1: better uh really hope that Tua is good cuz yeah, yeah, Justin Herbert looks like an absolute stud. But uh my next guy is a Cleveland Browns wide receiver who has the same double digit games as OBJ. That's right. Hollywood Higgins has two double digit games. If you guys don't season. know who Hollywood Higgins is, is, is Rashard, Rashard Higgins. Yeah. Rashard Higgins, yes. He has the same two. Two double-digit games this season. Same as OBJ. That's how uh, rough OBJ season has been. But now OBJ is out the season. Higgins came in last week. Uh, yesterday, actually. Six receptions, 110 yards on six targets. And ran a route on every single one of Baker Mayfield's dropbacks. The thing with Hollywood Higgins is you could probably get him for cheap. And he'll likely have flex appeal. And he'll likely just be the slightly worse version of OBJ without the name. So you don't have to rank OBJ in your top 20 receivers just because he has a name. And then be like, oh no, why does OBJ suck even though he's been bad? Because now Rashard Higgins doesn't have the name. He's just going to step into that role, it seems, as he played every single route in OBJ's role. And put up 110 yards. So he's someone you could likely get for cheap. He has some flex appeal and good matchups. And uh, I'm not saying he's someone you're going to be able to start weekly, but Las Vegas, bye week, Houston, Philly, Jacksonville, Tennessee is about as
0: good of a five-game stretch as you could find right now. Especially that bye week. He's going to murder in that week. I'm going to continue that exact same ball. My third quarterback in the stock rising is Baker Mayfield. Now, you're going to be like, Tim. Yeah, you're bugging you're bugging with OBJ out. Why is Baker Mayfield on the rise? I'll tell you why. I don't have the exact stats in front of me. These are stats that I have to accuse. Um, But I will tell you that in my preliminary research and in the, uh, in the research that we presented in the off season, OBJ, I mean, Baker Mayfield with OBJ and Baker Mayfield without OBJ is a very big difference. It's a stark contrast. And again, tune in Wednesday for those shows to get the exact numbers. But He has been much better without OBJ. There is something to be said about needing to feed a guy. And Baker Mayfield is a guy that even in college thrived on making plays happen, um, thrived on spreading the ball around, thrived on making the impossible possible. He didn't have that one guy that he kept throwing and throwing and throwing and throwing to, kind of like Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson. I think this is going to be good for Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is going to step up without OBJ. I think this might have been the last game that that OBJ has played for the Browns, honestly. And I think that if Baker Mayfield does get better with Rashard Higgins, who he's had success with in the past, and Jarvis Landry and the tight ends, Harrison Bryant making a big statement yesterday. um, Get well soon from the appendectomy, Austin Hooper, but he's on the way back to... With those running backs, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb coming back Week 10, I think that he has a big window here where he can make a huge leap without OBJ. So I think that Baker Mayfield's on the rise. Look, Baker Mayfield had an elite
1: game yesterday, and there's not really any denying that. He had a true throw value in yesterday's game over one, which is super elite. Like, that happens, like, five to ten times a year. So shout-out to him. Um... But he's had one game this season, this one, over 18 fantasy points. So I'm going to be hard-bent to trust him going forward unless he does this a couple more times. You're
0: going to be hard-bent? What does that hard even mean? Hard-bent. Hard bent
1: That's like a saying, no? No,
0: hell-bent is a saying.
1: I said hard-bent, not hell-bent.
0: No, hard-bent meaning. No, hard-bent is not hell a Hell-bent,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm bugging. I just randomly get, get confused. What are you going to do? Take just like... <laughs>
0: You're just hard-bent on it, Michael. Go ahead. What's your your next guy? Uh,
1: Denzel Mims of the New York Jets. That's right. In my second New York Jets conversation piece today. You know why he's my stock up? Because Denzel Mims had four receptions and 42 yards in the first half of his first ever NFL game after missing a bunch of time with injury, not having preseason, not practicing much. And in the second half, you know why he didn't have a catch? Because the Buffalo Bills moved Tredavious White to shadow him. As a rookie in his first game ever. That's why Denzel Mims is my stock up. Because him and Sam Darnold, four receptions, 42 yards in the first half is notable. And they already played the Buffalo Bills twice. He doesn't have to worry about Tredavious White moving forward. And if he's going to be the number one guy for Sam Darnold, even if it's a rough offense... He could have some flex-worthy games, and he's someone we tweeted about prior to the Sunday game saying add him for free and let's see how he does. I'd be pretty happy if I added him because I think he he's he's going to be interesting moving forward, and he's someone I'd want to roster on my team because, I mean, if Sam Darnold turns it around and this offense gets going a little bit, Denzel Mims is likely
0: going to be the reason why. Think Travis Fulgramm when you think Denzel Mims, like yes quarterback playing not as good as he can yes offensive line in shambles yes uh not a running much running game to speak of well at least last week yes no other weapons around him yes he will be getting the bulk of the of the targets and because of that he will have some fantasy relevant games uh myla oh that's it that's it for us right that's uh that's the end of that yeah. we're going to now end the show But before we end the show, we have to end on a sour note because we're six sadistic bastards. That's right. Stock down. Except we're
1: really actually not at all in real life. But anyways, let's get to the drop. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987.
0: The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement, and I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out, and the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out.
1: Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. All right, Tim, who's pissing you off? Josh Jacobs, man.
0: Josh Jacobs, I agree, he'd be pissing (sighs) me off too. Josh Jacobs, man. I, I had high hopes for Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is someone who I became more and more enamored with as the offseason went on, and the reason why I got enamored with him is because I thought his ability to catch passes would be higher. higher they haven't
1: higher.
0: They haven't been. Um, in fact, all the reasons why you thought a Josh Jacobs improvement was coming have not come to fruition. Now, is he still better than his pace last year? Sure he is. Um, He already has five touchdowns. He only had seven all of of last year. So is he going to be a better player than last year? Yes. Is he going to be an RB1 at the end of the year? Probably yes. I would say that I could see him being at the the low-end RB1. But the problem is that Josh Jacobs is dependent on game script. And that, I think, is what is really the problem with Josh Jacobs. In fact, the Raiders have now played six games. They have won three and they've lost three. Josh Jacobs in wins has been absolutely 75 attempts, 250, 58 yards in three games, five touchdowns, 12 targets for nine receptions and 71 yards as well. Phenomenal. A guy that's won you weeks. In losses for the Raiders, Josh Jacobs has been absolutely dreadful. 41 attempts for 136 yards, 12 targets and nine receptions, just like uh just like in his wins, but for less yards, 51 yards. Not a single touchdown in these losses. And if you have a guy that's dependent on game script like that, it's tough because you also look a little deeper. He hasn't scored a single touchdown when the Raiders are down by more than 15 points. Um, he's caught. I mean, he's been targeted more times when the Raiders are closer in score than they have when they are down by 15 plus points. He's not involved in the come-from-behind game at all. And the Raiders are going to have to come from behind a lot, and it scares me. So Josh Jacobs is my is my stock down.
1: Yeah, Josh Jacobs certainly. After that huge week one against Carolina with all the pass-catching work, similar to obviously on a much larger extent because Jacobs was a second-round pick or even first-round pick in certain leagues, to how like Naheem Hines, where you were like, damn, nice, this guy's going to be a beast this season. And just completely faded out. Obviously not to that extent for Josh Jacobs. But he's certainly been disappointing. Because he's supposed to be that set it and forget it guy. And really he's. Like you said he's been very game script dependent unfortunately.
0: And last week he just didn't even run
1: well. Yeah. My first stock falling is a guy who also is just really aggravating me. I'm going to start with this quarterback. Who went 14 for 27 for 173 yards. In a game that favored passers. And that's Gardner Minshew. And I am here talking about DJ Chark, who saw seven targets, turned it into one catch for 26 yards, a week after turning 14 targets into seven receptions and 45 yards. That is 21 targets for 11.1 fantasy points, folks. Not what you want at all. Jacksonville is going into their bye next week. There's discussions that a quarterback change might come, which doesn't make sense to me. I mean, Mike Lennon is their backup. So I don't see that happening. But DJ Chark is clearly frustrated. Prior to last game, they asked him. They were talking to him, and he was saying, I thought I was getting open and shit like that. And uh, it's just been rough rostering DJ Chark because he's been very touchdown or bust. He had that one huge game against Cincinnati, and that's about it. That's his only game above 10.5 fantasy points. He missed a game due to injury after... The bye week, it's going to be week nine. They get Houston, Pitt, Cleveland, Minnesota, and Tennessee. Five of their next six games coming out of the bye. So if they try to get him more involved afterwards, it could be a big second half. We've seen Chark. We've seen him do it before. But as of right now, man, he's a boomer bust wide receiver three flex play who you thought would likely be a
0: trustworthy wide receiver too. Speaking of trustworthy... The reason why you picked this guy was because he was supposed to be the most trustworthy player in the entire draft. Like, there was no more one more trustworthy than Ezekiel Elliott, and that's why you probably took him in front of Alvin Kamara, and you probably took him in front of Saquon Barkley, which actually worked out. Um, This guy has been sucking without Dak Prescott. There's really no other way to put it, and a big reason for that is because of the game scripts. And he's just not seeing the field as much because they are so down and they have no chance and they're living to fight another day. And he's got under 50 total fantasy point. I mean, total yards. Uh, I'm sorry, rushing yards under 50 rushing yards for the second straight game. Um, only had one catch for six yards last game. This is the guy who was supposed to be the safety. man. He was supposed to be the guy that you can rely on. Michael, did you just fall?
1: No, I I didn't fall just now. The door opened, but the door is now closed. Continue to <laughs> open. What did you tape the door
0: closed? Sounded like someone like like beat someone's head in. It, it's anyway. not the it's not the best door. Yeah, well, Ezekiel Elliott hasn't been the best. So what I'm basically getting at in long form is I'm worried about Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, I might even try to trade him. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I I this quarterback situation is freaking me out. Man, if I have Ezekiel Elliott right now, I'm, I'm nervous.
1: I agree that I usually am not one to make rash decisions, as people who listen probably know. But Ezekiel Elliott is averaging less than two yards after contact this year. By far, his career low. He's ranked as one of the worst pass protectors in the league. He leads the league in fumbles and drops. Wow. He just hasn't been good, period. Maybe COVID had something to do with it. I'm just throwing that out there. It seems like players coming back from COVID seem to... Maybe I'm just making this up in my mind, but it seems like they're not doing as good as they're supposed to. But, yeah. 13.5 points against Arizona and Washington is disgusting. Viducci or Danucci, I'm blanking on his name right now, if it's Voducci or Danucci. <laughs> that's that's what they're at right now at the QB position. So I agree. I'd
0: I'd likely try to sell that name currently, too. Michael, I don't mean to do two in a row, but I'm going to do two in a row because of what you said, because my next guy's Cam Newton, and I just want to, I'm just want to, like, the, the question I'm presenting is, this guy's coming back from COVID. <clears throat> oh, yeah, Cam, no, was not that's him. who I was thinking of. Yeah, like, he's coming back from COVID, man, and he's not doing well, and I, I mean, something could be said about the fact that maybe it's just him, but there's other things that could be said about, hey, we don't know how athletes are going to respond on the way back from this. And people just haven't talked about it at all. I haven't heard it mentioned at all. So it's just like, man, this could be dangerous uh, in terms of, I hope it's not dangerous for Cam Newton's health, but uh, in terms of relying on Cam Newton, not only is he in a shitty offense, but he's in a shitty situation and he's coming back from something. We've never seen anyone come back from. And the only other player that we know for sure had COVID was Ezekiel Elliott. And he's not doing well either. Just like Michael said. So, those are my two stock downs. Just because we're so, it's just such an uncertain time for them. So, Michael, that's uh, th- that'll be my time. I'm gonna clock out. You take <laughs> it from here. See ya. Uh,
1: my second stock down, Mike Davis. Now back to back pedestrian games after looking like he was playing like a star prior to that. Uh, maybe the workload is getting to him a little bit. Maybe it was difficult matchups against Chicago and New Orleans. He gets Atlanta this week. Maybe McCaffrey returns. Maybe he doesn't. But Mike Davis isn't looking like a top five option like he was going into this week. And his time as an every week starter is short-lived, is going to be coming to an end shortly. So maybe try to sell him as well. But he's currently on my stock down list. And then lastly, man, this this one hurts because he had all the opportunities in the world and just really has not been able to take advantage of it is Devin Singletary. He's slacked. There's no other really way to put it. Um, against Tennessee, when he was his lone backfield, eleven rushes for twenty-five yards. Against KC, he went ten rushes, thirty-two yards, and then against the Jets, eight rushes, twenty-nine yards, two catches, eighteen yards. Basically, split work with Zach Moss, and Zach Moss ended with forty-seven yards on one fewer carry. Devin Singletary is just looking like a a dude at this point, and not like a guy you could trust every week. He was on an upward trend after weeks weeks two through four. He looked like he was really turning up and was going to be a stud. And then these last three weeks, just the complete opposite. Don't know what happened to him. That whole Bills offense has just been way worse since then. Uh, even Josh Allen has been nowhere near the first three week Josh Allen. So maybe it's just that whole offense in general. But Devin Singletary is certainly on the, uh, the downspin here, downturn.
0: Speaking about the downturn, you are not on the downturn if you are listening to us on Tuesdays, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy to get the extra episode coming at you Monday where we give our waiver wire pickups, how much we would spend on them, in fab, and all the rest of that good stuff. Michael, I
1: Uh, also want to say, download Thrive Fantasy, Um, Hmm. use code Broto20, B-R-O-T-O 2-0, Deposit 20 bucks or more, and you'll get a match of up to $50 between starting at $20 and credit on the site. It's prop DFS betting. It's a lot of fun. And, yeah, go give it a shot because you get free money to win cash with, so why not do it? We've had patrons who have been um, successful in this already, too, so give it a shot. Broto20,
0: o two zero. Michael, where could they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. See what we did there. You can find us all at Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, BrodoFantasy.com for everything Brodo Fantasy, including articles, true throw value, true target value, and a shit ton more. Oh, Tim, coming through yeah.
1: the wire, one more breaking news. Debo Samuel is likely to be out this week, and Ooh. Jeff Wilson is going to the IR.
0: Ooh, Rough. Brandon, Brandon Ayuk, Brandon to. Ayuk is someone oh. else
1: close to uh, putting on my putting on my stock up. So keep it. We'll talk about him
0: tomorrow as well. For sure, for sure, for sure. Uh with that being said, that is all for us. See you tomorrow. If not tomorrow, see you Wednesday for the preview pods. Don't miss Wednesday. That's for sure. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm gonna go eat some dinner. Got some salmon in the oven. Let's get mm. it. Got some chicken brewing. So <clears throat> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Later.
1: (laughs) Later.